The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Now to Hyman, skates the puck in down the left wing. He'll drive to the net, knock off his stick. Puck comes loose. Here's Nurse. Scores! Darnell Nurse wins it for Edmonton. 3-2 the final. The Oilers have won nine straight. Fantastic game tonight and a fantastic finish with Darnell Nurse depositing the winner after a minute 20 of three-on-three overtime. The Oilers take it 3-2 on the road against the Red Wings. It is nine consecutive victories for Edmonton that ties a franchise record. They've got to nine three times, including this. The first two times, they couldn't extend it. Of course, back in 2001, they got it to nine. End of last season, they got it to nine. And the season ended, so they didn't get a chance to extend it. Uh, They will have a chance. How special is this going to be? Saturday night in Montreal to make it ten in a row. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Scoreless after two periods. The Wings went ahead. The Oilers went ahead. The Wings tied it. Finally, Edmonton wins it in overtime. A fun game to watch. Uh, I mean, Edmonton was the better team with a 47-18 advantage in shots, uh, but there was, was a lot of good, exciting play all over the ice tonight. It was simply because Alex Lyon for the Red Wings kept the game close. Uh, when in the game, Going into the third, all even, uh, making big saves. Uh, at one point, you're like, hey, is this guy ever going to have a, a chink in his armor? But the, the Oilers kept pressing. They didn't get down on themselves. They didn't change their game plan. Uh, they didn't press and put themselves in a bad position defensively. But the entertainment value was huge. Uh, I think at the end of the night, the Oilers got the two points they deserved, and Alex Lyon got a point for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, we've seen in the past where the Oilers, and it's been a while now, but when the Oilers, where something bad happens, it snowballs for them. Well, the Detroit Red Wings' second goal was an unfortunate bounce and tied a game up late for the Red Wings when they really weren't creating a whole lot, but the Oilers just went back to work. Looked like they had it won in regulation. But the hand pass changed that. And then in overtime, uh, it used to be in overtime, it was Connor and Leon, or Leon and Connor, or Connor and by himself, or Leon by himself. But we've seen lately that there's other players that are jumping up and producing in overtime. And tonight, wonderful play by Zach Hyman. Getting the puck, doesn't take it wide and go behind the net as you talked about off air. He drove the net. And you don't always score, but you force pressure on the defense. He drives the net. There's a puck in front. Raymond kind of panics, throws it right to Darnell Nurse, and Nurse made absolutely zero mistake on that. So uh, a big second point. Nine straight wins, and the Edmonton Oilers was at 17 of their last 20 games, yeah. and they continue to roll. Yeah, that, uh, what an amazing run it's been uh, after 
such a, a dreadful start to the season. So the Oilers now 22-15-1 on the season. One of four teams going into tonight with long winning streaks. And we'll update the scoreboard as we move along this evening. A lot of fun storylines to follow in the NHL. Darnell Nurse now with five career regular season Overtime goals that ties him for fourth all-time on the Oilers with Taylor Hall and Ryan Smith. Yari Curry had seven. Dreisaitl had 11. McDavid has 11. Uh, McDavid has 15. Wayne Gretzky? One. Now, it was five-on-five overtime. (laughs) Yes. And most of his career when they had overtime was with other teams because the first few years he was in Edmonton, there was no regular season overtime. Fun side note. That is, and well, and most of the time they wouldn't have needed overtime in Edmonton during their heyday because (laughs) the games are usually out of reach. (laughs) All right, 3-2, the Oilers take it. Uh, So much to talk about in this game. First of all, let's let's work backwards with a couple of times the puck went in the net and uh, it was... Well, counted or, or there was discussion about mm-hmm. it. Evander Kane th- briefly celebrated a dramatic <laughs> would have been game winner with 11.1 seconds left. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. You you pointed out right away when it was Leon Kane and Ryan, and Derek Ryan to finish the game off. And to me, I thought, oh, that's a pretty good idea because there's an icing. Now you have a lefty and a righty to take face-offs. Well, this one, there was a shot on net. It missed. It goes up in the air. Ryan does the right play, grabs the puck, brings it down, and was about to try and push it with his stick. But Evander Kane saw that puck there, and he's like, I'm getting there first. Shoots it in the net. Right call. It was a hand pass. Derek Ryan never got it with his stick. Uh, Evander Kane shot the puck in off of the hand of Derek Ryan. Easy call for the referee. And the ref. It was, I give the refs credit. They saw that in real time. He right away waved that off, and there was no reason for the Edmonton Oilers to challenge that because it was the right call. Yeah, uh, briefly exciting play. And earlier in the game, well, the, the first goal of the game, Andrew Kopp scored on a long wrist shot with three uh, with. Th- 334 gone in the third period and the Oilers challenged for goalie interference. There was a Detroit player came across the top of the crease and he did nudge Pickard's mm-hmm. glove, but but it was outside the crease and when they challenged I was like okay, that's not a good challenge. This is a goal all day long. Uh, now you're putting some pressure on your penalty. And to me there was there were this wasn't even debatable. It was so easy to see. I was shocked. Because normally when we see an Oilers team challenge, I think their success, success rate is about 99.9%. This one, I was really, really surprised that they challenged it. And the referees took, it was it 10 seconds. They looked as he had no. And it was the right call. You went on, you tweeted it out that uh, the goaltender, the player was outside of the crease. He did touch the glove of Pickard. It might have actually affected whether or not he caught the puck or not, but he has uh, the right to the space in front of the net. It was the right call as well. Yeah, and that's all about the, the crease. Now, I know Oilers fans might say, well, what about Hyman the other night? And we, we can debate that one. But, and it, it's and also the key word in there is incidental contact. Yep. If a goalie's outside the crease and a ref thinks he's being cheeky, or the offensive player is being cheeky, and think, okay, I'm going to skate through the slot and I'll just throw my elbow mm-hmm. out and knock the goalie's glove out of the way, that would have been disallowed. Now, maybe that Detroit player didn't know what he was doing, but he's going in a straight line and he's entitled to yeah, it was, by the ice in front of the nets. It was the right call, and it, it honestly, it almost cost the others because the Red Wings actually, what well, we thought, scored oh. a goal. I mean, it was a Patrick Kane, you know, it was typical Patrick Kane coming down two-on-one. Uh, everyone thinks he's shooting. He goes back, back door, cross-ice to Fabry, 
And from the angle, we're thinking that was in. We're shocked when the ref waved it off. We're waiting for the play to stop where they, the Toronto says, oh, no, 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 no. We see that it was in. We're going to blow the horn. But when we see the replay, and first we say, oh, it hit the crossbar and hit the post. And then you pointed out and was correct is it, a piece of it, Pickard got a piece of that that forced it to hit the crossbar and the post. So that, it was ever so subtle. But that was the save of the night for Calvin Pickard yeah. because that would have made it two nothing. Your goaltender is standing on his head. It may have been the Oilers may have been hard pressed to come back from that. Pickard makes a save, and then that just allowed for a really exciting finish because that would have made it two nothing. It was one nothing instead, and there were still four more goals to be scored in this game. So Pickard gets the win. He's four and two in the NHL this season. He stopped 16 out of 18. He wasn't overly busy. He did make some good saves. Alex Lyon at the other end. I mean, he came into tonight with a 920 save percentage for Detroit. He had that incredible finish last season for Florida. He was awesome in this game. One of his best saves was three seconds before Hyman scored because I thought Ekholm had that one. Yep. Because even even as you kind of saw that developing at first, you think Ekholm's going to tap it in, and then you realize Okay, it looks like Lyon's going to get his pad there, but Ekholm, as we know, is one of the strongest Very guys. Strong, Probably yes. Maybe the strongest guy on well, the Oilers. He's a Viking lead. And They're and strong. I'm thinking, okay, even if Lyon's pad is there, Ek's just going to push it through. Push the puck right through. He stopped it, and then then there's Ekholm and two Detroit players whacking at the puck, and Nugent Hopkins... The, the wily old veteran now just calmly finds the puck and, and feeds Hyman. And puts it into an area for Hyman. And it's funny, if you get a chance to watch the replay, the puck goes through uh, the defenseman, Sherratt's uh, legs. Like, he, he, he had to actually turn the puck on side, Hyman did, to get it into that. He had the whole empty net because the goalie was not there, but he still had to beat the defenseman, Sherratt. He did, and Hyman continues to impressed with his offensive prowess and now I see why we I know that you guys talked the other day that his average distance of goals this year is nine feet and I was shocked I thought it would be nine inches well tonight's going to add to that nine feet because that was about an 18 footer tonight that he scored uh, but a, a big goal that line was, again there the Oilers top line was very good they were on for all three goals four uh, a good night for 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 that line. A good night for the Oilers, and now they get to go into Montreal with uh, a chance to 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 set a record, a chance to win their tenth straight, and a chance again to move up in the standings. As we, when you do the scoring to the scoreboard tonight, the LA Kings uh, again leading late in a hockey game, fail to capitalize. They lose, so the Oilers picked up another point on a team that they're trailing in the playoffs. It's nine straight wins for the Oilers. 3-2 in overtime tonight against the Wings. Darnell Nurse got the winner. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Right all the way to overtime. Yeah, no, I think it was a very exciting game. Um, first two periods, you know, unfortunately we didn't have any goals, but I think we, we deserved a couple. Their goalie played really well. Um, you know, I don't think there was much frustration with our team just because we, um, you know, like I said, I thought we should add something, but uh, we didn't. And then, you know, I thought the third period was very exciting where there was a lot of ups and downs. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, from a fan's perspective, I think they got their money's worth. And, um, you know, we're very happy with the uh, result. Is, is the ability to win games like this one a prerequisite for any thinks it's going to go somewhere? 
I think a lot of these games where, um, you know, you got to find different ways to win, whether it's shutting it down and not giving an opponent any chances late in the game with a lead or come from behind or a late kill or something like that or power play coming up huge with a key goal late in the game. I don't know. But, um, yeah, the teams find ways to win, and um, we're very fortunate um, we're finding ways right now. Your team ties a franchise mark of nine consecutive victories. When you think about that group in that dressing room, Chris, what's one primary characteristic that's allowed them to see that type of success? Uh, resilient. Um, just, uh, you know, the very close group, or each one doing their job. And um, I think another characteristic that they've really shown since I've been here or what I see is a very mature group um, you know where there's a lot of ups and downs and like tonight where you know we play really well and we're down one nothing and then we have the challenge and we could have been down two and then we um, have a huge kill big save um, you know and then even last or when we have the lead and then they score which you know was a bit of a lucky bounce and you know we still stay very positive so i i'm really proud of how our guys conduct themselves and they are ready to play hockey no matter what's thrown at them what do you think about the history of this franchise do you give yourself even a moment to think like hey that's pretty cool we just tied a team record it's very surprising considering how many good teams were, especially in the 80s and Stanley Cup winners. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't have a run longer than nine games. And um, that we're part of it is it's, it feels good. But um, I think uh, where we are in the standing is much more important than winning streaks. So we just need to pile up with the wins. How's the uh, review process working for you these days? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. You know, yesterday we spent over an hour looking at all um, – challenged goals all the questionable ones and um, we knew when we challenged it was about 50 50 and uh, there's two plays in particular that we looked at that I'm, I remember from yesterday where very similar to that situation where one got called off and one was still um, uh, still a goal so that's kind of how I felt going into it um, I felt a little more confident to challenge with the way our penalty kill has been going you know if we're struggling penalty kill then maybe that's one we don't challenge but obviously when your penalty kill is playing well gives you a little more leeway of being a little more aggressive on those challenges and like I said I it was it could have went the other way in my opinion <laughs> thanks Chris all right well I appreciate Chris Knobloch uh, answering that yep. and 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 i mean we've we got to acknowledge that that coaches and that's the the video coaches don't just sit there and okay let's challenge and like they they put together stuff on uh non-game days and and look at examples so it's interesting i wish chris would have told us which ones to go look at but <laughs> but but, it, but again, it is uh, shows you how much work goes into being a coach at this yeah. level. It's not just coming up with, hey, who are we going to play with who? I mean, which line are we going to check? How's our power play look? Uh, that's why when, when I played, and I know that the coaches work even harder now than when I played, but when I played, you'd get to the rink at... Well, for 10.30 practice, you get there around 9. The coaches have been there since 7.30. And when you leave, they're just starting to get their work done. Nowadays, coaches are there 8, 10 hours a day. And here's one of the example of one of the things they do. They go over a bunch of games that aren't their own games, that have nothing to do with them, just to check out to see what how their referees are calling 
and what the video from Toronto is deeming a goal or no goal. Now on that one there, I, I still, I, I was shocked they challenged it. There's one last week I was shocked they didn't challenge it. So uh, this one is like, oh, this is not going to go their way. And it didn't. And he did talk about the fact too. And this is why I said last week, I said, I would have challenged it because your penalty killing is so good. Mm-hmm. Today, he said, you know what? If our penalty killing isn't as good as it is, we probably don't challenge that. But he's confidence in his penalty killers, and he should, because they have been very good for a very long time now. Yeah, and, and this is when we, you and I were talking off air, and then eventually that overhead replay showed it was outside the crease. Yep. But the one thing I said to you was, Rob, he did hit his glove, yep. and the puck in went, went past his glove. And another part of the rule that you and I have referred to a lot, and I'll you know, I'm paring it down here, but it basically says if you if you prevent the goalie from making a save, mm-hmm. you've committed interference. So yep. that's why I was saying, okay, Rob, just play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And, and you saw Pickard look at the ref right away. Oh, yeah, because he his so, glove was so, affected. So, so he's saying, I wanted I wanted to catch that, whether he could have or not. <laughs> I mean, he was going to say, I was, I was going to catch it, ref. I, I had I was, 100%. I, was, I, had, I had a 100%. So I, mean, I don't know if a coach would, you know, go, I don't know if you got to be a little careful, maybe going off what the player is saying, because well. the players always think <laughs> that that they would have had it or, or would have scored it or whatever. But it is interesting that um, that he acknowledged it was fifty fifty. Yeah, but it wasn't a pure fishing expedition because he feels now maybe if we saw it we'd think something else, but he feels I can show you tape of uh, sim- similar tape that was waved off. Yeah, I still I to me I'd like to I'd like to see it. I would just, like to see it too. See how close it was, but to me, uh, I mean, it was an immediate where I said there's zero chance that this is mm-hmm. going to be uh, overturned. I mean, Bob, who I don't know if you know, he may be a little pro oiler. Even he on he says, okay, I have no idea what they're challenging. This is going to be uh, a good goal. Um, but having said that, you have faith in your penalty killers. And uh, the penalty killers did come through with a, a subtle but incredible save by Pickard that uh, kept the game at just one. And uh, even a two-goal lead with for the Oilers. Any, no, goal, no lead is safe against the Edmonton Oilers, the way they're playing right now, especially the way their top line is playing. Uh, Zach Hyman, I, I really know it's, we're, we don't really talk much about this, but I really do hope that Zach Hyman gets into the All-Star game in his hometown the season he is having. I'm not sure there's many more out there that are more deserving than Zach Hyman. And his incredible season just continues again tonight with a big goal at a big moment for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean, he's he was excellent again uh he had one that we were shocked that he missed i mean a slap pass that and he's so strong around the net he just didn't quite get all of it um nothing to it he got he hit the crossbar in the first period yeah well great shot well the one that and this would keep me awake uh, at night if if i was zach i he's going to push for 50 i mean the way he's playing and who he's playing with and how well connor's playing the empty net that he had last game against Chicago. If 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 he gets to 49 and that's the end of the ended it for him, that one will bother him because he had the wide open net. And Zach Hyman, as we've seen, he's got pretty good accuracy. Uh, he missed the wide open net that night, so uh, that net so that's going to keep him up. But uh, hopefully, he scores 52 in that one. Doesn't really matter, but the way he's playing right now, Reed, well, well, he's doing. It, it, the thing is, if Zach Hyman isn't scoring goals, 
say it, it's Connor's doing his job and, and R&H is getting, and, and the goals aren't going in for Zach, you still know at the end of the night that Zach's done his job. Yes. He, he's great defensively. He's tenacious on the forecheck. He's physical. He takes a beating in front. He's the one that screens the goalie on the power play. He's great at puck retrieval. And then you throw in the fact that he's got, was that 27 goals on the season now? Is that where he's at right now? Twenty. That was 26, right? 26 goals on yeah. the season uh, on pace for over 50. That just to me is... Uh, he's an NHL all-star, and I hope that uh, the fans are able to get him in for a game in his hometown because that would be pretty cool. Red Wings get a point for this one. The Oilers get the two points with a 3-2 overtime win. So Edmonton's 22-15-1. The Wings are 20-16-5. And and that's, as you said about Hyman, that even if he doesn't score, and he has been a lot, he always does his job. You almost always notice him. And I, I think that's a reminder. We talk a lot about skill. I think consistency is a skill. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we don't know We don't know how Zach Hyman feels. I know they're in great shape, but we don't know how he feels physically going into each game. I'm sure some nights maybe he's not at his best or doesn't feel great. We don't know how he's doing anything else in his life. They're human beings, too. But when Zach Hyman puts the skates on, like there's no doubt what you're going to get. Well, it, it, consistency is everything. Uh, every player that plays in the minor leagues, so every player in Bakersfield could play a game in the National Hockey League and fit in on, for one night. The difference between the guys in the NHL and the guys in the minors, the guy in the NHL can do it consistently. Consistently. The, the difference between stars in the NHL and regular players. We saw Warren Fogle have a five-point night. And he was, he was all-world that night. Warren Fogle can't consistently play at that level. So he's a, a good NHL player. He's not a star. The difference between superstars and stars in the NHL, and there's players that will have, uh, have 80, 85 points a season. Those guys are stars. But they're not going to have a 120-point season because they can have a point-a-game average or a point and a little over. They can score 90 points in a season. But they're never going to have the 120 because... Guys like Connor and Leon and Kucherov and Stamkos and Peterson or Pedersen in, in Vancouver, those guys are superstars every night on a consistent basis. So yes, consistency is huge, and that's why Zach Hyman now is a star in the National Hockey League. Uh, he was always a good NHL player. Last year, he became a star in the NHL, and the consistency that he's shown this year has just kept him at that star level. He has been fantastic. Uh, he might go down. Well, it's funny because the others have got a few of those. The last six years, the Oilers have had one of the best contracts in NHL, and that was Leon Dreisettle's contract, one of the best in the NHL. It is now, they also now have the Zach Hyman contract, which uh, it, it is the best in the NHL. Was he, $5 million a year? Well, I mean, he's, he's, I think at this point we have to say he's the best free agent signing in Oilers history. Yeah, I, I don't know all of the signings, but... I can't know off the top of my head think of anyone better. I mean, he's going to he's going to score 40 for sure with a chance at 50. And he does all the little things. So he's not just a goal scorer. There's guys that are good goal scorers but don't do all the other things as good as that, and I know that from personal <laughs> abilities. But for him to do everything else as well as he does, and then add the fact that he's going to score 40 to 50 goals or possibly more, just puts him into a, a different stratosphere. The Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Nine straight wins for the Oilers. It's a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give $100 every 
time the Oilers score. Exciting game after a, a, a tough day in uh, in Edmonton sports and Edmonton sports media. John Short passed away at the age of 86. Robin Brownlee passed away at the age of 65. Uh, John's son, Michael, is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes here on Overtime Open Line. Uh, one of the uh, ways I got drawn into being interested in sports and sports broadcasting was listening to John Short do shows after Oilers games. So I was in touch with Michael this afternoon and uh, I said, maybe it'd be most fitting to have you on uh, in, you know, in, in a time your your dad got uh, well known for hosting, so uh, we'll get to Michael in a few minutes. We'll get to a little bit of you right now. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. We have Brian standing by. Brian, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey guys, yeah, I, my condolences to the Short and the Brownlee families. Uh, I loved listening to John Short back in the day, and he kind of balanced out Brian Hall <laughs> a little bit. Well, that's quite a task. <laughs> Brian Hall had the short temper with uh, a lot of the fans, and, and John Short, would he was so patient with everybody. But anyway, uh, great, both great guys, and uh, anyway, condolences to the families. Um, I'm not sure, I, I, and I'll, I, I'll just start with that that. Uh, um, what I would call goalie interference, like it, clearly the, the player hit the goalies. Yep. Uh, Incidentally, in, well, in, out of the crease. It's just the crease. That's all it is, Brian. He he okay. hit the glove. It's okay. it's just because it was outside the crease. The players are the the offensive player is allowed to get that ice as yeah. long. Like I said to Rob, as long as he doesn't do something cheeky like throw yeah. his elbow out or grab it. But yeah, be more or less. It'd be just real interference. That'd be yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I'm almost thinking the Oilers aren't getting many calls lately, though. Like the last game, those those two goals by Heinemann, to me, I mean, okay, maybe one of them may come back, but the offside, uh, you know, or or the goalie or the yeah the interference uh, on Heinemann's goal there last game, come on, like, and then and then right at the end of the game uh, of this game, McDavid's last shift. I don't know what happened. They didn't show the replay, but it looked like he was clearly hooked or something. But they're they're not calling that. But it's like it almost seems like the the, the Oilers aren't getting the calls. Right well, now. the the Oilers are the one of the premier. F- franchises in the National Hockey League the NHL wants them to go as far as they could possibly go come playoff time so I do, I do not think there's a conspiracy against the Edmonton Oilers I think the Edmonton Oilers it works out well for the NHL if Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers go on to win a Stanley Cup that's a best case scenario for the NHL uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think you can always look at a, a bunch of calls. Uh, I know Brian calls a lot, and he usually, he, well, he does have good stuff to say. I, I just think, again, we're 99.9% of the time, we talk to Oilers fans, so you mm-hmm. tend to see, you watch how the players you're cheering yep. for are, are being treated. I, I think, uh, certainly with a player like McDavid, the way he skates and is powerful, mm-hmm. yeah, you always wonder, like, oh, was he impeded? Was was he hooked? I, I get it. I think yep. it's a fair discussion uh, most of the time. But McDavid's also learned how to draw penalties yes, over the years. He knows how to throw his head back. He knows, watching the neutral, my favorite is in the neutral zone. He will grab the opposition player and pull him close. As the player kind of grabs Connor to get him off him, 
that's when the ref calls the penalty. Is Connor will throw his, his, his head back. I've said this for years. I used to do coach mentorship, and I would go watch games where I would sit in the middle of these stands, and I've got no skin in the game. And the you'll have the one set of parents screaming at the ref, and then the other set. At the end of the night, both sets of parents will think that their team got... Uh, the short end. The short end. Yet I'm watching it with as a non-biased play, person, and I'm like, I thought the ref did a pretty good job. So when you're watching your home team, you only see the calls that aren't called for them. Uh, if you, I do agree. Last game, both those goals. Well, I, maybe could have counted. I, well, I thought I thought the Leon, the one where Leon, where they claimed he was offside. I thought he had control of the puck. I agree. I think that one should have been onside. I don't think there's a conspiracy, or I don't think they're saying, "Hey, uh, I just think the linesman they felt differently." Well, actually, the linesman actually Connor McDavid talked about. It. He said it wasn't a linesman call. It came from Toronto. It comes down, yeah. So to me, I, I agree. I thought that should have been a good goal. But I don't think there's anyone saying, hey, let's take advantage of the Oilers so that they don't win by as much. I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at three and a half points by defenseman in this game. It's under at three. Mata, Ekholm, and Nurse. And who didn't listen to Bob Stoffer? So Ken gets the $50 River Creek Resort and <laughs> Casino gift card. And, of course, Nurse got the game winner in a 3-2 Oilers overtime decision. Here he is. Uh, was it of your group's persistence tonight? Because obviously you're coming off a game where you had 15 shots as a collective, had 16 in the first. It took a while to beat Lyon, but you guys eventually did three times. Yeah, I think obviously their, their goaltender played played really well. And uh, I know it's a tough team to play against and, and to come in here in this this building and win. Uh, it's, a, it's a good sign for our group. And, and like you said, there's a lot of persistence to our game. We weren't uh, weren't forcing it. We, we kind of just stuck with it. And even when things didn't seem to go our way in, in, in moments, we uh, didn't get down ourselves, just kept on. You seem to really shine in the extra period of hockey. I mean, I don't even know how many overtime goals you have, but what is it about Darnell Nurse and overtime winners? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I just uh, try to get the right spots. We have some uh, special players that make special plays and try to capitalize when I, when I get my chance. So um, tonight was just one of those one of those uh, opportunities of getting to the right spot on the ice and uh, try to hit my shot. I think I asked you a version of this question the other day, but I'll try it a new way. Your team doesn't have a reputation to win in a lot of 0-0 games after 40 minutes. It's never been the style of this organization. Uh, but you guys are winning them now. Mm-hmm. What's that? Where does that... What's that tell us? What should we think about that? Um, you know, it's like I think you said the other day. Like it's it's early in the season, right? So you can't uh, you can't have it cemented. But I think for our group, um, working towards working towards that place where we're comfortable playing in any type of game. You know, whether you're you're down one or, or two in the third, whether you're tied zero zero. Um, I think you know the teams that go the furthest and and you know win that uh, win that ultimate title. They they're able to win different ways. And for us. Uh, like you said, we've we've always been able to open up and, and play an offensive game, um, but the defensive side is something we've been talking about years of for years of, of trying to, to settle in and just be confident and, and patient in these type of games, and we've been doing it lately, so we got to continue to do that. Thank you. What's your best explanation on how this team has turned things around over the last, I don't know, several weeks? Yeah, I think um, you know the resilience of the team, the resilience of this group. We, we came into the season, came into camp with a lot of confidence. Uh, things didn't go our way right off the hop, and um, you know, we easily could have let it continue to snowball. But uh, I think, you know, obviously, 
in this, in this group, there's been a lot of guys that have gone through seasons where we've had highs and, and very low lows. Um, and at the end of the day, we found ways to dig our, dig ourselves out of it and and uh, you know play play pretty late in the season. So um, I think that's just us growing, maturing, continuing to you know embrace you know that things aren't always going to go our way. Um, with that said, we got to continue to do that for the rest of the season. Nine straight victories for you, Darnell, in this group. Uh, what does that say about this group to tie a franchise mark? I mean, you think of all the players that have come through this organization, and you guys have just tied a franchise mark. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it speaks to our group, and like, like I said, that resilience and that. Uh, I think that the care that we have for each other, right? It's not um, hasn't been easy to get to this point. There's things. Like there's been a lot of highs and lows, and there's going to continue to be, you know, um, you know, a, a roller coaster of things that go on over the course of the rest of the season. But we've been able to keep it pretty even keel, and um, you know, to, to be able to win nine in a row is, is pretty special. So it's it's cool to tie a, a franchise record. But with that said, no, we, we just move on to the next one. Try win one game. What have been the new perspectives or techniques that Paul Coffey has helped bring to your game as you've worked with him? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's been great for our group as a whole. I think, you know, he's the first thing he wanted us to do was go back there and make plays. Um, and, you know, it's it's one thing that to say it, but, you know, showing us and, you know, you get on the bench, he's always got little tips and, and little areas of the game, you know, whether you're breaking out the puck, whether you're coming through a neutral zone where, um, you know, he'll, he'll see things that uh, made him so special when he was playing and just for him to give, him, give us those little tidbits uh, on the bench and us to be able to, to put it in real time and then, you know, break it down sometimes after after games and whatnot. He's been uh, a huge asset and we're very fortunate to have him as coach. All right, that's Darnell Nurse. Game winner today. Oilers take it 3-2 over the wings. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a Cooper. Uh, a Cooper. You get a Cooper. You get Alice Cooper. It would be, fun, that to would be it'd fun to have Appies with Alice Cooper. It would be fun. Uh, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. So the Oilers have won nine straight. We will visit with John Short's son, Michael, when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Well, exciting game tonight. The Oilers overcome a great goaltending performance by Alex Lyon to beat the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. Darnell Nurse got the winner. The Oilers tie a franchise record with nine straight wins. Also, uh, headlining in sports today, the uh, passing of Robin Brownlee at the age of 65 and John Short at the uh, age of 86. And John's son's uh, John's son uh, Michael checks in with us now. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, my condolences. Uh, what's it been like today? Um, you know, hearing people speak about uh, about your dad. Well, thanks very much, Reed. I really appreciate that. And you're right. It's uh, it's been. How do I put it? I guess a bit overwhelming. Um, the, the 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 number of comments and people uh, not just saying you know sending condolences, which is wonderful, but but relating stories, relating how uh, my dad had an impact uh, in their lives. Some of them influencing their broadcast careers. Um, that that has just been absolutely. Um, uh, amazing to 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 read and and to to hear from some of the people that have called. 
what was it like for you? I mean, I, I first uh, experienced your father in in the 80s, uh, you know, growing up north of Evansburg, hearing him do sports shows, hearing him do post-game shows after Oilers games uh, like this one. Uh, what was your sort of experience as, as a youngster with your dad in the, in the media and on the radio? Yeah, I mean, when you grow up with with that environment and grow up, you know, what does your dad do? Well, he's he's a reporter, and that's how I always referred to him as a, as a reporter. So it wasn't a big deal until I guess uh, really when sports talk kicked off, and then people would who knew me would say, "Hey, you know, my my favorite line would be, yes, I'm John Short's son.' Uh, you know, it was it, it just that's what it was and, and uh but to me he's always been uh just he's been a, a heck of a reporter and uh and that's that's kind of how i i remember him uh, by well and he obviously influenced you as well because uh, i know you went into radio and randy kilbert was telling me how long he's he's known you as well uh so he, i mean he kind of shaped uh not just you as a person but you, your profession as well i guess absolutely i mean to be honest uh Dad, Dad gave me some advice when I my first radio job at CHAB Moose Jaw, and, and he, you know, he knew that I was interested in going into sports, and uh, he 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 really told me, look, you just say the the team beat the other team. Don't use these colorful words. He was very old fashioned that way. He he didn't like the big uh, colorful language. He just said, you know, uh, the Oilers beat the Red Wings three to two, um, that kind of thing. He, you know, he was very, very matter of fact about a lot of that kind of thing. But yeah, he really did, um, had a lot of advice for me uh, through my early years in radio. But uh, more importantly, I think, uh, you know, when I branched off to do my own thing uh, with Let's Go Outdoors, um, which now going on to 25 years, he, uh, well, first of all, he came up with the name of the show, uh, which was kind of cool. And uh, so it's, you know, we've always had a good time to compare notes, as it were. Well, and, and I, I was interviewed about John a couple of times today, and what I remember listening to when I was younger, and I, and I said this earlier, I remember the Don Horwood basketball, <laughs> whatever. But whatever John was talking about, he made it sound like it was the biggest thing going on in the world. Like, hey, maybe the Oilers played last night or they play tomorrow, but I also want to tell you Nate Hockey has a doubleheader this week. Like, he just made everything sound so important and so uh, immediate, and, and I think it just, to me, it, it built up the Edmonton sports scene as a whole, not just the NHL. Yeah, he he treated every sport at the same level. Um, it didn't matter whether you were a, a minor league hockey coach or or Glenn Sather. Um, the questions were put in the same way with the same emphasis, um, on the same level. And, and you know, that to me, and I tried to emulate that as much as possible as well, but uh, it just shows that he really cared deeply about maybe, you know, just the people that he was talking about and, and giving them the respect for what they did. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on 6.30, Chad. Uh, again, our condolences, um, but j- just personally, I mean, to me, your, your father is a, an absolute legend and uh, just an incredible impact on sports broadcasting in Edmonton. Thank you for sharing some memories. 
Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you and, and others about it. Thanks very much, Reed. That is Michael Short, as today John Short, uh, Michael's father, passes away at the age of 86. Uh, also longtime Edmonton broadcaster and sports writer Robin Brownlee passing away at the age of 65. They would be happy to hear this, though. Oilers beat the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Kane now looking to the net. His shot, nice save by Pickard. He holds on. Patrick Kane stole it, tried to go upstairs short side. Pickard made the save. Calvin Pickard, save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers take it 3-2 in overtime against the Wings. Here's Pickard. Calvin, your team only surrendered 17 shots tonight. Uh, what does that say about the group effort in front of you? We were excellent uh, start to finish. Um, I know we got the win in, in Chicago, but we wanted to have a better game tonight. And um, you know, Credit to the guys. We, uh, we checked very well tonight, and uh, you know, we got reward in the end. Last three times you've been tapped on the shoulder. You've delivered three victories. Tell us where your confidence is at right now. Yeah, it's good. Um, like I said, almost every interview, I just want to do my thing when I'm called upon and not put too much pressure on myself. And um, you know, the guys have been playing really good in front of me. So um, if I do my job and, and the guys keep playing well, we're going to get a few more wins. Did you think that you were going to get the call on that reviewed goal? Did you think that he? Hit your glove well, at the time, at the time, I figured, uh, you know, I just saw the replay quick, and he kind of clipped my glove. Um, the ref explained it to me. Uh, that guy was outside the blue, and, and uh, you know, obviously, I want to see it overturned because uh, it's a goal against me. But I understand why it was a goal. What are your thoughts on the McDavid goal? I know you're about 200 feet away. Yeah, from I know. I mean, he never ceases to amaze me. It's, it's, you know, it was a huge goal at a, at a big time, and um, you know, I think they stopped playing. They thought they was it was offside or something, but then he uh, all, of a, all of a sudden just slithered his way through. So big goal, and um, you know, then Heim's got a big one. They got a lucky bounce, and then you know, it was nice to finish it off in overtime. And this team, sorry, this team's got a you know pretty rich history of all its years of winning. Uh, you guys just tied the nine-game winning streak that ties the team record. You're the goalie of record in that game. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, very cool. Um, you know, we're just taking it one one game at a time and, and uh, you know, we want to keep playing and keep replicating performances like that. So, um, you know, we'll take some rest tomorrow and get ready to do it in Montreal. Kind of fun to be some small part of history. Though. Yeah, That's for sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's always great. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to beat a former team as well. So, um, yeah, big night. A guy like Darnell Nurse is leaned on and expected to do everything for this club. What you get to see him firsthand all the time, every night. What's one thing that's underappreciated from Darnell's game, you think? Doc's been unreal. Um, I don't think you can pick one facet. Uh, you know, he's been skating the rink, he's been defending so well, he's been pitching it offensively. Big O2 winner tonight, and, um, you know, I'm just happy. Uh, I'm really happy for him. You know, he's been playing really good hockey, and um, he's going to keep her going for sure. Calvin Pickard now 4-2 and two with the Oilers. He's the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Scott standing by. Scott, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Robin Reed. How you guys doing? Doing good. Great win tonight. That is the way the Oilers should be playing hockey for the rest of the season. Man, were they two or two and a half shots per game more uh, on average than Detroit was tonight. Detroit's a great hockey team. Um, you just had Martin uh, Martin on. 
Um, uh, John's son. Um, Reed, you will appreciate this maybe more than Rob. Uh, Rob, you didn't probably have landlines or um, uh, secondary landlines when you were out in the country. I grew up north of Evansburg about... Oh, 25 minutes, half an hour towards Rochford uh, Bridge and uh, Sangado. Yeah. And in 1982, so I'm, that would have been, I was 12 at the time. My father tuned me uh, in after Oilers games on a uh, different radio station to listen to John Short. He just said, you're now a big sports fan. You're a big Oilers fan. Um, but he's not just about that. He's about uh, everything sports. And he said, just listen to him. And so being a 12-year-old kid, I called John Short up one day. <laughs> and, of course, these read were party lines you called them back in. Yeah. Um, so each house sometimes contained a party line that belonged to your neighbor. Well, we were farmers, and we were growing up farmers. And But John Short was a big, big um, thing for me before bedtime, after every other game, after when he was on the radio. So just just letting you know that, John was not just, um, he was not just a sports, uh, he was just not, he wasn't just a broadcaster, he wasn't just a journalist. John knew everything about a lot of sports, but he was a people person. And so at 12 years old, to be talking to a man like that, uh, filled me with so much knowledge. But one night, after the uh, Hartford Whaler Oilers game that ended up 11 nothing for Hartford, yeah. um, I actually called into John's show. And I was on our landline. Well, crotchety neighbors down below decided they wanted to listen in. They knew nothing about hockey. They didn't care about hockey. They didn't care about sports. But when I asked them to get off the line, because I'm on the phone with John Short from, I believe it was CFRN. Yeah. At the time. They said, actually, this guy, this guy's wonderful, and we're learning everything, uh, everything we can from this guy. So, if it's okay with you, I'd like to stay on the on the party <laughs> line. That's the kind of guy that John was, yeah. and um, he he was like that right up through um, Brian Hall's retirement party that I was at uh, when uh, guest host uh, Ricky Hall was there, when he was also um, coaching the the Eskimos at the time, and he just had time for everybody. But what a historian! Um, and what a super nice man. And so, yes, it was sad this morning to hear about his loss and his passing, but also right after that, I mean, Robin Brown, another great sportscaster who was just such a wonderful human being, knew his stuff, and, um, you know, really made the people he was talking to on the radio, Jason and otherwise, um, on the other station, and I mean Bob from yours. I mean I've, I've heard many many conversations with. I don't know if you guys spent a lot of time with Bronte over the his last little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, what a what a what a loss today for the Edmonton sporting community, journalism community. But what a super win by the Oilers and bring on Montreal and get that tenth win in a row. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Scott. We appreciate it. that's that's a, that's a great call. I think uh, I think you, you said it all. It's very very well done. We also have Has on the line. Has, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, great, uh, Rob Reed. Uh, hearing the stories there about John Short, I was just reflecting there as a kid. You know, after watching the hockey games, my parents would want me to go to bed and put the uh, headphones on and then listen to uh, 
John Short there and such, just a class act. And I, and I think it was said earlier, the fact that any sport, it didn't really matter whether it was amateur, professional or whatever, just how much he cared about sport in, in the Edmonton area, which was awesome. Yeah. Big yeah. loss. Um, I just want to make one comment here, Rob. I don't know if it was last game, but you made a quote, and uh, and I love that. You said that everyone talks about McDavid making players better, but you're right. Hyman makes players better right now, or Hyman's making McDavid better, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, incredible. We saw that again tonight, you know, as far as uh, – the, the great team win, and, and I'm glad that we're hearing a little bit of the silence as far as uh, goaltending or backup goal here, the way Pickford's playing. Well, he's giving them quality starts. Uh, Stuart Skinner's been excellent as their starter, and, I mean, this is a third-string goalie, Pickard, and he's now 4-2 and two on the season. As I believe his goals against average is over nine or sorry his save percentage over 900 and his goals against yeah. average under three that's pretty darn good that's a very good backup goalie let alone a third string goalie so yeah it was a good win tonight and hyman another excellent game and he benefits playing with mcdavid but certainly mcdavid benefits from playing with zach hyman as well yeah hyman got the goal that made it 2-1 edmonton late in the third the wings would tie it up hyman didn't get an assist on the game winner in overtime but his net drive started the play uh not a power play goal tonight edmonton 0 for 2 detroit for three the update there for conlin motorsports they'll help get you out there visit one of conlin motorsports four locations across alberta or online conlinmotorsports.ca i'll tell you if some other teams kept winning streaks alive tonight and you'll hear from hyman it's heartland ford overtime open line live oilers hockey is brought to you by the butcher shop at friesen brothers this is the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on the official voice of your edmonton oilers 630 chance in a right wing corner mcdavid in front of the net jamming away with zach holm the save by line it comes out hyman scores zach hyman in the high slot and the oilers have a 2-1 lead and they would go on to beat the wings 3-2 in overtime nine in a row here is zach hyman game that had no goals for 40 minutes lots of stuff happened in the last seven or eight <laughs> yeah uh-huh just sticking with it, I think. It's, that's the key. Just, I think we've been very process-based over the course of the past couple of months since Nauber's been here where, you know, we're very calm when they score a goal or it's okay. We'll, we'll just keep playing the way we're playing, don't change. And, yeah, that was good. You guys still can't win a challenge for uh, your life. It's just, it's just the ebb oh. and flow of how these things work. I was just waiting for them to challenge Connor's goal. <laughs> like, um... But uh, and then the last one, I don't. It wasn't even a challenge. It was a review with. Um, I guess under a minute, the league reviews it, right? So they reviewed it. They called it no goal on the ice, and then I'm sure they did a two second review. And so I mean, I don't know. It's uh, when, when they come in, they come in bunches, I guess. So Zach, it was uh, a pretty special week for you. I mean, obviously you have the Wolverines win on Monday, and then you come back into uh, Michigan, sort of a homecoming, and then delivering a big goal and a big win tonight. I love playing here. It brings back a lot of memories. I love playing at the old building in Joe Lewis, and and obviously this one's a bit newer. But, yeah, anytime I'm back in in the state of Michigan, it's it's always fun. Uh, A bunch of former teammates on that team, too, from, from college. And... Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Just it's fun for me. You guys are finding different ways to win hockey games right now, Zach. What does that say about the versatility in this group? I just think 
we're we're process oriented. Like I think we just we just want to do the same thing over and over again. And some nights you're going to win, and, and some nights you're not. But if you continue to play the way that you know you can play, more times than not, you're going to win. And I think that's kind of been the mentality is is just be you know a hard checking team. I thought today you know we were you know, we, we limited the chances, um, and then we were patient. We got our, our looks, and we, we scored a couple there, and, and then obviously got the one in OT. We know how much picks is loved in this locker room. So anytime he gets a start, how nice yeah. is it to kind of deliver a victory for him? Sure. I mean, he was a huge part of it too. So uh, he's playing playing great, just just steady. I think everything, you know, all the stopping, all the saves he needs to, to make and, and just steady back there and, and giving us a chance to win. So um, I, he's, he's obviously a, a very popular guy in the locker room. Guys love him. and But he, he goes out there and he competes and, and he's been, you know, unbelievable for us. What was your view of how Connor's goal unfolded? Uh, I mean, I uh, I had a first first hand look at it. Obviously, front row seat. Um, there's a battle on the wall. I was kind of like whacking and hacking at it, and then uh, I think puck hit Raymond's skate and just kind of stood there and like I felt like everything stopped for a little bit because he was like waiting for me to get get out. He's like just sitting there like looking at me like get out. <laughs> and uh, and then I got out and then he went and then I think uh, then his wallman thought that it was offside so he got his hands up and Connor's like out oh, game one and obviously did his thing so. Um, just special, obviously, he's a special player. And as you see him approaching two defensemen right in the middle, what do you think as, as it goes through your mind? I mean, if they, they're flat-footed, it's a tough play for them. I've seen him do that a lot of times. Um, obviously, in practice, uh, it's a bunch, and then you, when you see it in game, it's uh, it's usually a highlight, highlight real goal. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. It's still always in present pressure for you guys. We only see him come here once a year. Mm-hmm. So, for you guys, who that's the norm. Is that yeah. the norm, or is it still always as impressive for you guys when you see him play like that? Yeah, it is, and I think it's just the timing of things, too. I think we're, we're down one nothing and, and their goalie's playing phenomenal and we don't have a spark and uh he's able to kind of generate that for us tie the game and and really just create that offense right uh it's pretty special that is zach hyman as the oilers beat the red wings 3-2 in overtime we'll check the scoreboard for advantage trailer rentals your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals visit advantage trailer rentals Dot com. No score. Bruins and Vegas in the second period. Flames lead the Coyotes 4-2. Heading to the third. The Jets win again. Eight in a row. 2-1 against Chicago. Blues knock off the Rangers 5-2. Islanders shade the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime. The Kraken have won eight straight. They beat the Capitals 4-1. Lightning over the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Sharks beat the Canadians 3-2. Canucks over the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. Panthers beat the Kings 3-2 in overtime. That's nine in a row for the Panthers. So all the teams with winning streaks of seven or longer extend them tonight. Hurricanes double up the Ducks 6-3. Sabres win 5-3 against the Senators. Next broadcast Saturday night, courtesy the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. How's this? The Oilers can make franchise history on a Saturday night in Montreal. 3.30 for the face-off show. Game against the Canadians will start at 5 here on 6.30 Jet. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Nurse wins it in overtime, 3-2 in Detroit. This has been Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.